This is the Sounding Board Podcast with Hachi and Damo. Thanks to Drinkwise. If you're choosing to have a drink, choose to Drinkwise. Question time on the Sounding Board for Drinkwise. If you're choosing to have a drink, choose to Drinkwise. We'll start with Jake Lambert, who wants me to ask Hachi about Kane Corns' blonde hair. Hachi was critical of the image Max Gorn portrayed and the optics around his funky haircut a few years back. Did Hutch have a word about professional standards and optics to Kane? Or is it okay because it's driving clicks and content to shows and products? Yeah, I did call out the look of Max Gorn in the preseason. At the time, they were struggling and battling for their existence, and I didn't at the time think it was a great look. Clearly, Max had more confidence in where they were as a footy club, and it's all about performance, and he walked the walk and talked the talk. So on the basis they won the premiership, went on with it, I was wrong. Well done to Max. When, when did you say this? I, I don't... On Footy Classified, when, he, when they were under siege. Yeah, right. And he was the new captain and turned up with the blonde hair. I, I questioned it. And clearly, you know, that in, in hindsight, with the form since, it was, I was wrong because he was like, they were able to turn their form around. If recall. they were a bottom team, I yeah. think it would have remained, not yep. remained, it might have become an issue. On the media side, Jake, that is our job. Players are there to play and to win. The media's job is to create interest and entertainment around the game. So... We've got completely different scenarios and roles in the game. Yep. And, and just on Max Gornhutchie, as you well know, no, I don't think anyone's gone through a career as he's done without changing who he is as a person, despite the lows and, more importantly, when it comes to how you change. So I, I, as, as the success has kicked in, he has not changed from the, the so genuinely almost best person I think I've come across in footy in the journey. So I was dealing with the optics at the time, but I now accept that I was wrong. Yeah, okay. That's good. Hey, Hachi, Lee on email. Uh, do you think Melbourne, be it the city and or the football club, should permanently rebrand as NAM? I think it's a great idea and a fantastic recognition for that period. For the, of the Sir Doug Nichols round yep. periods, yeah. yeah. I, I do too, because one thing we have learned, it, it starts a conversation, and again, people even listening to, to us may be thinking, why? Why would they do it? But the fact that we're talking about it, the fact Lee's asked the question, the fact that lots of, I think, kids will be asking parents and people around them why they're doing it, it, it creates awareness, doesn't it? And the one thing that, that I've taken out of some issues, Hutchie, even in re- relatively recent times, you, you've got to get the language right at the starting point. And, and if the language in this case is the actual word NAM, that's the starting point for, oh, yeah. to the conversation. Yeah, yeah and it will be obviously a challenge, not a challenge, it's a new thing for Melbourne to have to live that value and name for that period of time and how they bring that new identity for two weeks through all of their kind of touch points. But I think they'll get great support from the media who recognise and accept it's a wonderful thing. Yeah, yeah. I I do too. I'm keen to see how it plays out when the actual period in time comes in. Hatchie, Sam Howison on email. The Hawthorne-Melbourne game on Saturday afternoon at the MCG saw 29,000 people attend. Reigning premiers against the most successful team of the modern era at a shared home game at the most iconic venue in the country. Feels like the crowd was 30,000 to 40,000 short. Any thoughts as to why such a low crowd? Good question. I think the Hawthorne, it was a Hawthorne home game. So the Hawthorne fan base is yet to come back. It left, didn't it, over the last couple of years. It's a sport hmm. fan base and it's not back on scale yet. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I'd say it's creeping back. The way Sam Mitchell's playing is- There's reason to creep back. Is, yeah. is absolutely good reason to go to the footy. What have you made of the Melbourne- supporting element because I, I look the crowd in round one was 58,000 um, may have been a bit short on what they wanted it to be given it was their unveiling of the flag from last year and they didn't get to experience yep. it in person but I don't think it's kicked in in a massive way this year has it? Well, I think one of the factors in sport remains that people are still catching up on things they didn't do for two years and living congested lives 
people are like, I haven't seen my grandparents for two years. I haven't actually had a chance to go away for a week to Caribbean Park. I haven't. So you're competing with a lot more things than you once were. I think the health element of going to the footy is out the window now. Everyone's got their head around that and it's play on. That's changed, I think. Yeah, yeah maybe even the last three or four weeks. And, yeah. in the, and in the States and in the UK, I was, it, it, it is back. It's a hotter ticket than it's ever been before. And just yeah. looking ahead to some of the big sport around the world, the, the demand and premium and interest in experience. I think experience, and we have an experience business for the sake of transparency, ballpark entertainment, which makes memories. But I think people are going to want to do have more experiences in their life than they are have things that they're paintings on the wall or things that they own that they want to show That's off the next it. phase of post-COVID? I, I think experience is going to be more valued by people. Yep. And so I think we're going to see bigger sporting crowds and bigger events Do as you? time goes on. Yep. I, I just don't see that yet from an AFL perspective right right now. It's, it's in, I think it's increased and, and, and improved in the last month. But Yeah, Melbourne's, probably, Melbourne's about, I reckon, about two months off being back to completely normal and everyone having readjusted lives. Okay. Uh, I thought the crowd in, in Cairns was encouraging. I thought, albeit, I thought the experience we gave them as fans sitting on the hill and in wet, yeah. you know, hill, like no good. But I think there was 6,600 in Cairns. Pretty good sign, I think. Josh Barnable, Barnstable on email. Uh, just wondering your thoughts on whether an AFL on-demand streaming service of past matches would ever be a viable option for the league. It frustrates me to no end that the era of football I grew up with, mid-2000s, Channel 10, Channel 9 era, is not accessible anywhere apart from the odd highlight on YouTube. I think a streaming service with a monthly subscription with access to all past games, up to a point of course, would be a huge hit and make a lot of money for the AFL. Are there limitations with the broadcasting rights that make this not an option? I think it's inevitable at some stage, Josh. And the modern day version, you used to be able to have that, remember, name a game? Name a yeah, game. and you'd, you'd buy the video, wouldn't you, the DVD, yeah. The VHS gets sent in the mail. Yeah, it did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But the, the archive set up, not just AFL, but cricket as well, isn't it? It's not, it's not ideal, is it? Like, you can't find some of the most, when, when it, you want it, to. It, and you, it's, it's basically here already, it's coming quick, and it, it's a good point. Yep. Uh, I can see you reference here, Hachi, from James Higgy on email. Uh, I'm from New Zealand and recently moved to New York. Any suggestions from Hachi on the best sports bars in the city? Have heard he mention a small bar with a handful of seats that go quick but can't remember the name. That was the famous Riviera, which Riviera has been closed sports for about club. five years, hasn't it? In the West Village. The worst pub in New York, but the best bar to be on on a Sunday. It had the best TV viewing experience of Beautiful all time. TVs. But as we said at the time, the food was so bad, <laughs> you needed rubber gloves just to hold the menu. <laughs> And then that day, then I they... I'll try these, James, for a place that's not too... Sorry, you go. Are you no, you go. You go. I'll try the Smithfield, which is about 25th Street, I reckon, from memory. We've spent a couple of Sundays there, haven't we? We have. It's yeah. got a... It, on the TV experience, good. The burgers uh, are there are good. Burgers are good. Yeah. And the the cost per experience, really good. <laughs> it's not like your uh, overhyped, you know, Ainsworth or Bounce sort of sports bar. I didn't like those ones anyway. I didn't like those ones anyway. I think it's a good middle ground bar with a good experience on a Sunday. Yep. Philadelphia cheesesteaks. Chris Whelan on Twitter. Is Jack Ginevan the most marketable player in the AFL right now? In particular, if you had a product aimed at people under 30s, given the big club, natural personality, and most importantly, the way he plays. He's on the way, isn't he? Bailey Smith for me is still the number one. Yeah. That was from Chris Whelan, if I didn't say who that was from. Uh, this is from Ewan on Twitter. Any lessons to learn from the NFL draft coverage over the weekend? I didn't watch it. Did you watch it? No, I didn't. No, I just got caught up in other stuff. So you want a lesson for us just to watch it next time? <laughs> oh, look, I do like the way I they did, do it. Did I, say, I, I saw one clip, I think, on Twitter, which was Roger Goodell embracing the booze and almost like bring him on. Oh, did he? Yeah. Did he? Yeah. 
I just love how they roll up. There was a guy called... I don't know what his first name is, but his, his nickname is Sauce Gardener, and he rolled up with all the bling with a little bottle of sauce in the bling. Like, <laughs> like, imagine, imagine Sam Walsh doing that in 2018. Fantastic. We just not. We are so far away from that being. Accepted, let alone embraced. And but- St- Stephen A. Smith remains your favourite. In fact, the clips oh. you sent me of him, I enjoy. Oh. Colin Cowherd, and, but Stephen A. Smith more so. He's an actor as much as he is a, yeah, a journal, I reckon, these days. His delivery is unbelievable. Uh, Lee Jones on Twitter. How does Winx, Winx being uh, Nick McKenzie, get the Dan Andrews eyeback information ahead of any other journalist? Is it because he's that good or his reputation helps him get information or both? Given he's the best in the business... The Murdoch Empire were to offer him a job. What's his asking price? It wouldn't be the first time. We've talked about this before, Lee. There is a tipping point or a bridge in journalism. You're big on this, yeah. Where you have done it so well for long enough of finding people that they start to find you. You're big on this, aren't you? And he would have been the biggest outgoing call operative for 20 years, and now his phone rings. <laughs> yeah. And let me tell you something. Very, very, very few journalists phone ring. I would agree with that. They find him. Once upon a time, he was using unlisted numbers to find them. Now they're using unlisted numbers to find him. And the Murdoch Empire question, uh, if they approach him again, Lee, it would not be the first time. Uh, Fletch on Twitter, Hawthorne's approach to media seems a bit more engaging and transparent this year, albeit from a low base. Is this just due to the departure of Clarko, or or is it about off-field staffing, or is it simply easier to be transparent when you're accepting that you're a, a rebuilding team? Good question. I think it's probably most of those things. Clark, all those Clarko's things. a part of it. He, Clarko's understanding of the media was on the low end, I think. He, he had a low end understanding. Was it understanding or care? Because he, he's a I think it was media both. hater. Well, no, I think it was both. They're all media haters, aren't you? His press conference on a Friday was... Oh, it was dismissive. was um, the wrong time of the week for them. If you ask the media when they want the coach to speak, it's Tuesday, Wednesday or Thursday. He was speaking outside the Virgin Lounge as he's about to yeah. jump on a plane and he'd, couldn't he'd, care less. He'd speak after the steam was out of the week. So yeah. he, you know, I don't think he loved the, the idea of the media. And anyway, yeah, well, or Ben, he's been a good media performer at times when he's done. Oh, has he? I don't think he has. Jared McCulloch on Twitter: Phoenix fined twenty five thousand dollars for not accurately uh, slash timely disclosing Devin Booker's injury status. Potential way for AFL to raise extra revenue for upcoming CBA negotiations, considering how many sneaky late outs there are. It's a different landscape, isn't it? You're, you're all over this as a rule. Yeah, they're red hot, the NBA and the NFL, on information that's not disclosed quickly enough, accurately enough. And like 25 grand is not a lot, of, a lot of money, but it's, in fact, there's no money in the NBA, but it's symbolic as much as anything. Yep. Uh, ben Mignotoli. Now, this is interesting, Hutchie, and I think Jane has inserted this one, and she's put it in blue, so we, she wants our attention to be uh, taken by it. This is from Ben Mignotoli. Read the scorecard, as well as asking the questions, should Jane join Hutchie and Damo in answering the questions so that we can possibly hear a different perspective to some of the questions? Well, I think it's a great idea, Ben. So I'm, do I. I'm supportive if, if Jane is. My only, my only little asterisk on that is, Jane often loads us up with things that, like, we're actually being fed her agenda. <laughs> she thinks we don't know that. She'll get upset about something, so she'll write the question away that she hopes elicits a bit of awareness, and she'll be completely and utterly exposed if she has to give a number. So I'm going to leave that decision to Jane, but I think what you've been seeing is 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 poison-producing. <laughs> Just lands a little poison in the question and hope, hope, hopes it comes out, which is, by the way, what very, very smart of her. <laughs> She's been in good uh, scorecard form too. Has been. I, I, I like the idea. I, and I've thought about 
introducing Jane regularly, Hutchie. I think we should. Could Jane give her number instead of me? Could I read the questions and get out of the way? <laughs> <laughs> no, you need to be involved. Uh, that was question time on the sounding board for Drinkwise. If you're choosing to have a drink, choose to Drinkwise. Thanks for listening to the sounding board questions with Hachi and Damo. Send us your questions via Twitter or Facebook at Sounding Board EP. Hit the sign up button on Facebook to receive our weekly email and subscribe to, rate, and review the show wherever you listen to podcasts.